I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. The Enneagram is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us and helps us look at the way we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram's a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name's Jeff Cook. I'm a philosopher in Greeley, Colorado, and with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram Ninja. Hello. We're on step two, my brother. Step two. Wait, what was step one? <laughs> You gotta know your type. Know your type. That's right. Basics for Enneagram. Jump into the system. Swim in it a little bit. You know what a great way to swim in this system is? With uh, arm floaties? It is. You gotta get those those orange jobbers. Yeah. Uh, I had ones when I was a kid that had sharks on them. Mm, nice. They, they, were, they were hot stuff. Yeah. Little girls hitting on me all the time when I was a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> when I needed arm floaties, that is. <laughs> have a lifelong fear of the water, so I did not do a lot of <laughs> swimming as a, as a child. <laughs> I kid you not. One of our Instagram followers, uh, friends, sent a picture of somebody who had an octopus. It was like the, the household octopus. No, it was what? pet octopus, ah. and it was climbing up the wall. Oh. <laughs> I'm so glad I'm not on the Instagram. She said, sorry, but not sorry. And I laughed. <laughs> what you really need, actually, to get into this stuff is to talk about it with some good folks. Yeah. This may be into this actually, you know, if you haven't gotten into Enneagram yet or been assaulted by people who have figured out their type <laughs> and are really excited about it. It's I not mean, a cult, but it seems like a cult. Man, <laughs> I it is worse. Yeah. It is it is worse. <laughs> man, I want to make fun of people about it. But I think we're at, we're we're those people. We're not quite knocking on doors just yet, yeah. but... If it comes to that, we we will. <laughs> Probably not. There is something about processing verbally the things that you're learning about Enneagram that just, it can't be replicated, and it's incredibly valuable. And if you can find other people who are there with you, and they're like, yeah, man, I want to talk about this, uh, it's, it's just a delight. It's yeah. a treasure. Makes a huge difference. Step two for us is talking with others. Yep. I call this the, the phone-a-friend step. <laughs> there was, seriously, for the first two or three years that we were getting into this, I would text TJ all sorts of random epiphanies at three in the morning. You know yep. what I was thinking about with this, that, and the other? Yep. And then I would reply because at that time I was still awake at 3 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> still clear of the coffee shop. Yep. Um, there is something about experiencing the joy of Enneagram. I don't know that I've ever phrased it that way, but that's what comes to my mind is there's something joyful about seeing yourself through a prism that's enlightening that just elevates. And it's like, man, this, I've figured something out and I need to tell somebody about this. And I probably would love to hear things that they're internalizing. It's just such a treasure. Yeah. At the most basic level, like, 
Like there, there's a reason that there are so many personality quizzes on, on social media because people like to share things that they learn about themselves. And like, like I'm a Gryffindor and I took this quiz and it turns out that I'm the cat version of Gandalf. And like, like there's a reason that those are all over the place. Also, like at the most basic level, it's fun and it's, it's community building to share that kind of stuff. And as you go deeper, there's a richness that comes from this kind of sharing in community that like it's, it's another element that there is not a bottom to this. Well, yep. I don't know what I would do with knowledge that somebody tells me what Harry Potter house are in. That wouldn't be helpful for me in terms of relating to them. Sure. But this, but this stuff cuts. But also, like this is immediately practical. Part of that's because you haven't really read Harry Potter, so I got through four of those books. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's enough, I guess. Yeah. Someday we may do the Harry Potter deep dive. But Someday we're we're still in limbo on yeah. Harry Potter. Yeah, we we have other things in the queue apparently now. <laughs> other things with less controversial authors. <laughs> so the move for me, I suppose, ends up being like, what else can you reveal about yourself to another person? that actually creates a platform for them to really engage you mm-hmm. in, a, you know, in a way that really matters. Yeah. Uh, the, the only thing I can think of off the top of my head is something like love languages. Sure. When I learned how love languages worked, my wife's a gift giver. I'm a time spent kind of person. And just knowing that really did a lot for us being able to engage where the other one was at. Right. But Enneagram goes a lot farther. Yeah. Yeah, there's really not much else to say other than I'm a Gryffindor when you're talking (laughs) about, like, the surface level kind of stuff. But to say, I avoid conflict at all costs. Yeah. Like, there's some depths to be plumbed there. And, And it means something for our relationship. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. During isolation, so we're we're... I mean, we're still in the middle of COVID, but we're not isolated anymore and the masks are off. I was reminded, I'm sure so many of us are reminded, I know it's the case that my kids came to understand that isolation is terrible. Mm -hmm. You know, we're reminded how essential our relationships are. Yeah, we're, we're beings who are created for community. There's so much in our culture that is about me. Mm-hmm. It's it's the elevation of me. I'm I'm a Gryffindor. It's me, 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 me. The move towards it's about us is is an essential step towards maturity. Yeah. When you get out of your own, you know, it's 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 all ego. To I am in community, and community matters. And the most mature, rich, healthy lives are lived with deep connections with the people around us. Once you get to that step, man, that's the road to happiness in my mind. Right. You know, joy is sort of, it doesn't have the, and every seven listening knows this, the joy, joy doesn't have the same kind of oomph to it when it's solo. It's like, like community is a, is a, a multiplier yeah. when it comes to joy. Exactly. Yeah. you one of the more interesting experiences of my life i'm a lifelong bronco fan and i watched their second super bowl win with my dad on a tv that was like 10 inches sure and it was great but the year before i watched it with a room full of 100 people Uh and they they won back to back and the 32 and 33 
that 33, the second year, I was like, oh, okay, hey, high five. Yeah. They won. That's amazing. <laughs> the In room that room of 100? Totally different. Yeah. Energy. Yep. Relationships are a multiplier. Yep. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Multiply that joy. The thing about many of us is sometimes the worst thing to do when, when trying to get into a relationship with another person to, to try and find friends is actually to try and find friends. This is the thing you should not do. <laughs> you right. know, knock on somebody's, hey, would you be my friend? This, this, that's not a good, that's go not a good way to start. Go up to strangers at a bar. Hey, you look lonely. Will you be my friend? <laughs> that's it. My favorite advice on this is from C.S. Lewis, who points out that friendships are always about something. Uh, he says that those who are going nowhere can have no fellow travelers. You got to be interested in something. You got to be excited about something. You got to be, you know, it can be doily knitting. And there are people out there that are like, you knit doilies? I knit doilies. We should get together on Thursdays and knit doilies together. You know, and now it's a community. And now it's a community. Yeah. Relationships are always communing over something. Mm -hmm. There has to be that energy, that energy that takes me and them and makes us into, into an us. Mm -hmm. Magnets. What you need is relationship magnets. That's what the Enneagram can be, in my experience. To build on that, it not only can be that, it's one of the richest magnets you can select. We have all sorts of relationships. We have relationships that are useful. You have a relationship with, say, the person who I know the name of the guy bagging groceries at the grocery store five blocks from me. And we talk every single time. But there's a there's a usefulness there. Like the this gentleman is doing a job and and I'm paying some money and I'm getting my groceries bagged and that's our relationship right and that's where we commune apparently yeah if you went to a different grocery store you would not be friends with that guy this is this is it yeah most of our friendships are based around pleasure like i like pearl jam or i like the broncos i like knitting doilies and that's where a lot of our relationships are it's like there is this common pleasure enneagram is higher than that enneagram is about the good life like the healthy life, the robustly lived life, are you living life well? That is the highest form of friendship. It's like a magnet that's just unique. This, by the way, is a list from Aristotle, the three forms of friendship. The highest form of friendship is, do you care about me? And do I care about you? And do I want to see you grow as a human being? We, most of us, if we have one person that is that person in our life, we're probably real fortunate. Um, in my experience, Enneagram blows that door open and I can have that conversation with lots of people. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it even gives us opportunity to bring other relationships, like, like even like some of those other tier relationships into this space, even if it's temporarily. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing about relationships as well. You might start out, we just work together. You bag groceries, I bag groceries, but then we we realize, oh, hey, we also share this other thing. Right. Or we start talking about Enneagram at work, and then all of a sudden it does. It, that, that is roots. Mm -hmm. That's some depth. Yep. That's some I, – you are actually I, – I think this is the case. When you are talking about your type, you're actually exposing parts of your soul to the person in front of you and seeking to communicate about the depthiest parts of your inner life. 
And if they respond and you connect there, that's that's legitimate human connection. Yeah. And mm. I, I also feel like it's important to point out, this is a great place for it, that the, the thing we're talking to about, the elevation here, it doesn't happen unless you've done step one or at least spent some uh, some good time in step one. Like it, if all you've done is taken the online quiz and you start to talk with the bagger at the grocery store based on just the online quiz, it's, 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 it's cotton candy. It's nothing at that point. Once right. you've done some like real studying and you know your type to some degree, like you, you can't share your soul if the only thing that you have to share is, oh yeah, I'm a Gryffindor. Sorry, I, <laughs> I, I keep coming back to that. But the step one is the first and most important step. And and yep. getting to the level where you're actually having real growth and experiences in this kind of community higher level way requires step one. This is step two. I have a whole list of things that you should talk about. I never thought about. This is why TJ is so valuable in my life. Is TJ goes to the <laughs> negative immediately. What are the things you shouldn't talk about with others? And of course, the first is uh, starts with rule rule number one for for Enneagram for us. The one rule: don't <laughs> type other people. This is a way to not talk to other people about yep. the Enneagram. I know you're a five, and I'd like to tell you about your observational acuity. Nope. Don't do it. Nope. Bad news Just bears. don't do it. <laughs> Unfortunately, you have to get them to drink the Kool-Aid somehow. So maybe we could talk about like ways to introduce people. That's great. And put your toe, put your toe in the water, <laughs> but that would be first step in how not to talk to others about the Enneagram is just a break. I actually was sitting next to a person yesterday who introduced themselves as a two ah. and didn't know the person like, hi, awesome. I'm, I'm Joe and I'm a two. And they're like, I have no idea what sort of foreign language you're talking right now, <laughs> which it is. Yeah. Yeah. This is this you're making us look like a cult. Don't do that. And and for the record, we both did that. <laughs> we definitely did that. It's really easy to get caught up into it at first and then you learn not to do it. We're telling you now on the back end of having learned this lesson over and over again. Don't don't type other people. I think to build on what you were saying, come to the material with humility. Mm -hmm. Like just it's like I'm a professionally trained philosopher. I'm focused on the inner life. This stuff is robust and depthy, and I realize most of the time that my language hasn't actually caught up with where it should be. Saying some I statements to those around you, just saying, this is what I feel like I'm learning. Here are some things that really appeal to me. Telling the three in your life that this is where they need to grow, given the Enneagram, that's, that, that will not go well. Yeah, that's not going to be helpful. Unless you've built um, that foundation. Right. It's essentially, I mean, I assume TJ and I in 10 years, like, desire to have kind of that almost presence as a doctor where we could say, well, here is probably the diagnosis and here are some things that might be helpful for a type like yours. That might be the target, like, but that's going to take a ton. If you get to that level, it's that's going to take five to 10 years to to get there really investing in the material mm -hmm. as it stands talking about yourself talking about what you're learning 
talking about how the material really resonates with you, that that can be really helpful in and of itself. Yep. Anything, anything else come to mind on how not to talk to other people about the Enneagram? Hopefully you have done some work and you've spent some uh, at least a little bit of time so you know you know that like that the Enneagram is used for this and it shouldn't be. It it is not an excuse for your bad behavior. And yep. so it, if if the thing that you're doing to bring other people into your circle is saying, "Hey, I behave this way because of my Enneagram type." So so don't get mad at me. That's right. that's not that's that's super unhealthy. Like y- you need to do some more work if you're using the Enneagram to excuse your bad behavior. I'm just living in my sp- stress number right now and that's why I'm deciding not to do anything helpful. Nope. Nope. You're deciding not to be do anything helpful because you're selfish. Yeah. Which there is a time and a place for that. I get it. But the Enneagram is not an excuse for it. A last note on the Enneagram and bad behavior. One of the great things, I suppose, to do when the Enneagram exposes your bad behavior is actually to tell people your bad behavior as exposed through the Enneagram. That confession can be fantastic, especially to others. Oh, yeah. Acknowledgement is not a bad thing. Excuse, not great. But being aware of it and acknowledging it out loud, it's great. Super helpful. I feel like these are the sorts of people I'm dating and why our relationships don't work. It's this is an element that I bring to these relationships. Mm-hmm. That's a great topic to talk about. Yeah. Awesome. I'm never going to connect with another human being relationally because this is who I am. No, nope. it will never change. Nope. <laughs> the Enneagram offers you a path for growth. You have to walk it, but it offers you a path. So it, it is just here's where you are on the map on that one. Right. And that's a lifelong process many times. Nothing wrong with that. Yep. Well, we can set aside the negative now. How should you talk with others about the Enneagram? To start this off, actually, I really wanted to, to use a quote that is, has become kind of a mantra for a lot of us mm-hmm. in Enneagram work. And that is that the Enneagram is individual work that must be done in community. That is the step. I think this is, is this like the motto of the MICA Center? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, Suzanne Stabile uses this a lot. And I think it's part of their work outside, like the the bigger organization that within which she does her Enneagram work. I think this is, this is their motto. Yeah. At least something that they use a lot. I don't know about you on this. I feel like the type I don't understand most now is now ones. And it may just be our work, but I, I'm so focused on on the rhythms of other types now and trying to see, oh, that's how they come to the world. Oh, that's how they process the world. I don't do that with ones very often because I'm just like, oh, I'm, I'm a one. I understand how this works. Sure. This, is, this has a benefit and a negative. The benefit is getting a chance to see where other people struggle and saying to yourself, that person struggles and I struggle. Notice how they struggle in a very different way from how I struggle, mm-hmm. but it gives me insight into the fact that everybody struggles. Right. You know, being able, this has a new connotation, but being able to say me too ends up being really powerful. Right. How else would you say that? You know, it's like, like I, I also hurt. It's different, but I also hurt, yeah. you know. And everybody hurts. I've heard the song. 
And and I I think that we have no desire at all to to diminish the power and importance of the Me Too movement, but but the reason that Me Too resonates is because it's it's you're you're entering into a space where it's shared experience that you can now talk about out loud. Yeah. yeah. Again, one of the the really rich elements of Enneagram is just that. So. That's the most important step. I, I think as we go through all the steps, this actually is probably going to be earmarked in my mind as the most important step. And it actually has power in everything else that we're going to present because every time we say you should look at this step and then this step and then this step, really the pair right there, the partnership, the what it needs to be complemented with is step two is I should probably process this with other people who care about me. Right. Right. And that's, there's a really long lasting and sort of powerful tradition and in a a branch of Enneagram teaching called the narrative tradition. And it's about like the, the point of it is to have people teach from their own type to, to share their own experiences. So you'll often have a panel of nine speakers who are each representing one of the nine types who are sharing like they they might answer this all the same question but they're answering it from their own type and the idea is that that telling stories uh sharing from their own experience it's it's really important to have the voices of people who have lived it share what they're talking about it's really easy to sit down for us to sit down and hole up with a book and and read someone else teaching us about all of the types. It is a totally yep. different thing to have another person tell us their own experience. Yeah. You could listen to a lecture on jazz or you could go to a bar, get a martini and listen to somebody play down blue and green at 2 a.m. Very different. Both of those have value. Mm-hmm. One's very theoretical. One's trying to capture, here's, here are the movements, here's, here's how the chord changes work. Let me show you the dynamics at play. And one is, here's my soul. Yep. Yep. When talking with others, where do you even start? Like, what are some of your better experiences just engaging with Enneagram with other people? So there's, I think there's there's several representations in my life of having conversations about Enneagram with other people. Like, like we have a podcast, we're, we're business owners, we're, we're engaged members of our community. So like we interact with a lot of people and a lot of people know that we do a podcast about the Enneagram. Also, I'm, I'm married to someone who knows the Enneagram, identifies as a six, and we talk about the Enneagram pretty regularly. And having those kinds of conversations with my spouse is is very different from say bringing it up with one of my employees or, or coworkers. Yeah. Uh, so like the, the conversations I have with my spouse have, uh, they immediately go deeper. We can, we can bring up things that we're actually going to like just plant this seed and then actually talk about later. Um, we, we share a line. So she identifies with six, I identify with nine. And so we actually get to have a really interesting conversation about, the things that that we have in common on that line. Uh, so I I when I get stressed out, I go and pick up some of the qualities at six. When she is uh, in security, she picks up some of the qualities at nine. And and like there's 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 shared experience in that alone. 
And so we get to talk about that. We get to to sort of laugh at the ways that, that we sort of meet each other in that. And and it also helps deepen our relationship in, in being able to, to have this common language about some of the things that we will struggle with in our relationship. Why, why don't we fight? We've never had a really serious fight. Why don't we fight? Well, for me, it's because I avoid conflict at all times. And for her, it's because she doesn't want to get in trouble. Like it's, it's deeper than that, but like, that's the easiest way to say it. So like we, when we have big disagreements, we separate and come together and talk about it calmly. And there's, there's Enneagram reasons behind that. However, when I'm having conversations with uh, my coworkers, like one of my coworkers just recently discovered that she is probably a two. And uh, she, this means something for her life. And I can, like, as, as a, as a manager, as, as a, as someone who has a significant amount of experience with the Enneagram and as, even as a teacher, like I represent an authority in her life. And I can tell her all kinds of things about what it means to be a two. But what I'd rather do is listen to her experience and maybe like point at some things that I know about, about her, and then let her discover a lot of it on her own. So our interaction is much more about me listening to her than it is about me teaching her about her two-ness. That's actually something I wanted to bring up is often we don't name the kind of relationship we're in in the depth. Maybe that's just me. A lot of us do this intuitively that we know that we can be very, very honest with some people but not with others. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, but even in, in the case of you and your wife are going to share a face-to-face relationship. Your connection really matters. Like the the magnet for married couples ought to be the mutual love that they share for each other. And perhaps that, you know, blows up into we're going to create space together for doing our life together for the next, you know, 20, 30, 50 years. Right. That's a certain energy and the dynamics of Enneagram will, will be all over that in terms of like, how do I connect with the other person and meet their needs? And even, especially in romantic relationships, how do I make them more important than myself? That's not demoting yourself. They need to do the same for you. If both of you are self-sacrificial, that's the only way, in my experience, that's the only way that romantic relationships actually work. Right. Um, if you can't find somebody who's willing to lay down their life for you, you should, that's going to be a problem, right. you know, in a romantic relationship. That's not how other relationships work. Right. Friendship. So you and I have a friendship. We have magnets, but it's not our you know, our mutual, uh, it's not our love for each other. We're not creating space for each other. We're doing something. We're building a business. We're building a podcast. We're creating this thing and this is the hill we're going to take. And when we go, when we journey together as peers, that's a different kind of relationship. You and I share, we're equals. Yeah. And so we converse as equals. And Enneagram, I think is really interesting for equals because if you can get there, if you actually have a peer, Peers, I think, are the only people you can actually share your struggles with. Hmm. I think you can share your struggles with your romantic partner, but it can be very strange at times and maybe inappropriate. Peers, however, I think, have enough distance yet enough similarity to really be places to verbalize, here's who I am and what I'm trying to do and what I'm trying to achieve and what do you see. Hmm. 
don't know. So two different, there's all sorts of other relationships we could talk about for a minute, but I think most of us, the most important relationships we have aside from our parents and kids probably are those are hope. If we have a romantic partner, this will be a certain type of relationship. And then there are the close, close friends that we have with whom we can share more intimate details and Enneagram comes into play there for me. I don't know if you got thoughts on either of those things, but yeah, I think that um, in the in the peer level, like there's a when I share something I'm struggling with with my spouse, that is now something that she has to be concerned about. Yes. When I share something that I'm struggling with with you, you don't have to think about it again the second we stop talking about it. Yep. You may never think about it again, and that would be fine. And and so there's a there yeah it's <laughs> there's an instinct in me that's like why why wouldn't you share everything with your spouse isn't that what you're supposed to do and it's like oh wait but i i can't necessarily talk about her with her right but i can talk about it with you and yeah so there's there's a shared space because of the separation there's a shared space that's a little more i want to say safe in that yep. peer level i I'm sure other people who focus on relationships could put more language to this, but it seems like there's almost like some topics in a rom- even even the best, depthiest romantic relationships that just aren't appropriate. Uh, I don't know how else to say that. Like, if, um, I'm not sure that voicing all your insecurities to your romantic partner is helpful. Hmm. I think you can, but I think those are much better processed with your peers. Maybe that's just me. That, um, that might be it, a, a, a sexual subtype one thing. Yeah, that could be. <laughs> but there again, that's I mean, that, that there's there's an enneagram related thing that like your relationship with your spouse is different from my relationship with my spouse. Yeah, and that could and be. there's a great example of that. If I put forth a lot of the details and nuances of say my business. Those may be things that my romantic partner just doesn't care about. Sure. I don't know if that ends up counting as well, but yeah. Sometimes like your your peers are kind of like they're on they're on the same playing field. Right. Then they care about football and they're like, Okay, yeah, here are all the details of the game. You know, whereas sometimes you're you're involved in a game, you you know, you're an accountant, you're a teacher, you're uh, you work in medicine, and your your romantic partner loves you. They just don't give a crap about accounting, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. stuff like yeah. that. It's a, a like just fine. It appears end up having that kind of power in somebody's life. But if you are able to speak about your type in your vocation or in spaces where you're you're seeking to do the thing that you love doing in the world that take up most of the hours of your you know your work week. That, that can be incredibly valuable. Mm-hmm. You talking about your nineness to your two employee, however, that's different. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. We can have conversations about uh, shared struggles. And I, 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 I feel like I, I, I work really hard to maintain good relationships with, with my coworkers and employees. Like, it, I, I want them to, like, our 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 shop is a safe space and i want my my the people who work there to feel like it's a safe space as well and so that so there's there's good camaraderie and and there's you know like we share our lives with each other but also like there's a lot of stuff that's like 
I'm your boss and there are things that are just inappropriate for me to, to bring to you. I can talk with my two employee about some of the things that, that we will struggle with that like if a customer comes up to the counter while we're both here, we're both going to really, really work hard to make sure that customer is happy mm-hmm. for very different reasons. And we can talk about those reasons, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to share about how I'm struggling to like have a difficult conversation with my spouse, with my two employee. Yep. Cause that would be weird and inappropriate. <laughs> Time to pick on some folks. There are some folks in Enneagram world who are making some money off selling more widgets or getting companies to understand Enneagram so that they can, you know, crank this sucker up and create a certain sort of, I don't know what you call it, corporate environment. Right. I'm not sure that you and I are into that. Yeah, definitely not. Because first and foremost, the Enneagram is about personal growth. Yeah. On the healthy side, especially if I was speaking to a thousand people organization, I think, I think I might start with just being able to understand who you are and being able to articulate that to others, even without the numbers. I'm conflict averse. So conflict just makes me uneasy. I just need you to know that. And mm-hmm. as we work together, it yep. can be incredibly helpful. Yep, I overcommit. I'm, I've, I find a lot of my value in helping other people, but I end up overcommitting and you need to protect me on this front. You know, I'm perfectionistic. It goes overboard. I just need to get called out occasionally. Just know that when I get perfectionistic, it's it's just me. Just let me know where you, you, you be vocal about the boundaries. Yep. The, these things can be incredibly helpful. Right. And and again, here again, there there's a there is a line between saying these things and creating an environment of shared language and 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 communication about like I I am aware of these things about who I am. And I, I want to communicate to you that I'm aware of it. And, and here's, here's what I'm asking for from you. Great. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Versus I am conflict avoidant. And so don't ever come to me with confrontation. Yeah. Nope. That's not appropriate. Right. You're there again. You're using the Enneagram to excuse your bad behavior. Right. I suppose on that front, don't ever come to me with conflict. This, this should be avoided. Pushing into your strengths and saying, here's, here's what I struggle with and here's what I really do well in a larger social context, that can be real valuable. Mm-hmm. Here's, I have superpowers here. I don't have superpowers here. Right. Also, I think can be quite valuable. It's going to be balance. A lot, so much of Enneagram is about balance, which will continually hit. But there it is, knowing both sides of that coin. The last thing, uh, this is again C.S. Lewis, uh, on, in his book, The Four Loves, he talks about face-to-face relationships being the romantic relationships, the taking the hill together being friendships. There's another type of relationship, and it's one that bosses share with employees or parents share with their kids, and that is of somebody who has grown in stature as mature speaking to those who are not as mature. In Enneagram communication works across that line as well Mm -hmm. but it takes a lot of discipline and and some wisdom i I would love to go backwards here if you're speaking to somebody who is further down the path with you than you are Mm. they are more mature you know that they're more mature than you are yeah what does that relationship look like like what do you want from that relationship if you both are aware of the system if you both are into enneagram 
Yeah. The, so there, there's, I, I think some of the words that he uses when he talks about this is, is like apprenticeship kind of ideas. It's, it's like someone that you were learning from mm-hmm. who has, who has done the work that you're trying to learn and know, knows, and like, it, it's essentially someone who's, who's, you're going to, to have teach you the things that you're trying to learn. Yep. And a, as someone who like wanting to be in community with someone who knows way more about the Enneagram than I do, I want to be in a space where I can be honest and, and sort of express myself freely and give them permission to correct the places where I'm, I'm missing and, and show me the places that I can't see. I really want to enter those kind of spaces with, with humility and, and say, I am here to learn. Please teach me and guide me. And, and I'm going to share what I can. And I want you to, you know, correct me. Having gone through grad school and picked lots of fights with people with PhDs from Oxford and lost, <laughs> <laughs> one, of the, one of the few things I got out of grad school was you you need to ask lots and lots and lots of questions with people who have who are much further along the road than you are. Yeah, there's just no reason to. I mean, there can be a place for self revelation, especially if they care about you. If it's a yeah. parent, you know, and they care about you, they want to hear about what you're up to. But uh, yeah, in my experience with people who are much further down the path, it's just. How many questions can I get in? Because I bet you I can learn some stuff sure. during this time. It's also the case, and this is to bring up the topic that shouldn't be named, but it, as I'm thinking through it, understanding what the energy, the relational energy, the subtype energy of, of those who you're speaking with might be real helpful. Are they self-protective? Do they prefer one-on-one conversations? Do they want to teach in a group? There's lots. My wife is somebody who deals with hundreds of students. She hates one-on-one conversations. Mm, sure. Uh, inviting her out to coffee is the worst thing you can do. Like um, <laughs> she wants to be in a room with 12 people and maximizing that that, that time. And that's just yeah. who she is. Yeah. And just knowing the energy, how others want to communicate, you know, with, with those in your spot can can be real helpful. Yeah. Flip side, you're raising people up. You know what it's like to raise a little one up recently. Yeah. Perhaps not with Enneagram language, but... No, um, she doesn't know anything about it. She's too, so... (laughs) She she too. (laughs) What does it look like to help, you know, move folks their next step in your mind? I think this is going to be different for each person, like... Our, our type, I think, is is really informative here as well. And in all of these conversations, I think our, our type is part of it. Uh, I, I really like to be available and, and to be generous and gracious when people are, are talking to me, asking me questions about the Enneagram, um, like... Like I said, with with my uh, coworker who recently, very recently, like within the last week or two, discovered that she was a two, I I can come to her with a fire hose of information and tell her all of the things that she needs to know about being a two. But I I don't think that that's helpful or or beneficial to her at all. I think that a lot of it is just like pointing her in the direction of resources that that she can come to on her own answering the questions that she has and and like w- in the way that I want to be a learner I 
I will gently correct things that are wrong. Like I I've had conversations with several people who bring up things like uh, how your Enneagram type changes over your life. And it's like, Oh, okay. But, but most wisdom about the Enneagram, most, most teachers don't believe that your Enneagram type changes. I could say that in a very different way. uh, But I, I want to be gentle and like help guide people to the truth as I know it. And, and it's also so, 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 so important to remember that the Enneagram is about, it's about your inner motivation. You cannot tell other people what they are like. You can help open doors and like shine light onto things that they can't see, but you can't, you can't put people into a box. And so, so you have to, in, in working with other people who may be farther behind, not behind, but, but not as far as you on the journey, you have to remember that they are on a journey and, and that they're, it's their own journey and you can't dictate how it, how it goes for them. For me, the most helpful thing recently, and I say this just as a parent, so wisdom for for folks with with kids who are into Enneagram enough to where it's not like you're force-feeding them something. Because a lot of of folks, rightly, I have one kid who's kind of turned off by Enneagram, rightly so. Like, it's just not for them right now. One who's really, really obsessive and into it. And with the one who's really into it, one of the places for just communication for us has been podcast. TJ brought up narrative tradition, and there are a handful of podcasts that have people speaking about their own types, mm-hmm. and that can be hugely helpful. Yep. So The Art of Growth does this as a podcast, and uh, Suzanne Stabile has interviews all the time that, uh, where she's interviewing people. There are numbers. We did an expert series um, with which had some interviews. Those are all great places to like. If I'm driving somewhere, especially if it's more than an hour with one of my kids, and just listening to one of those podcasts and allowing the language to wash over them, you know, and just asking, you know, does this strike you? Does this hit you? You know, oftentimes with with my eight child, they'll get into it for, you know, we'll get two minutes into a podcast and they're already talking for the next 15. Um, it just opens them up to talking about the material. And, right. and I have found that incredibly helpful to, to engage in their hearts, especially when it's somebody who's, you know, obviously I can't play my podcast. That doesn't work. So playing somebody <laughs> else's podcast really works. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Bang. We got the who, we got the how. This again all of us have ways that we want to learn, and that can be very valuable in the ways that we communicate with other people best about our own hearts and engage others. So how you engage the material for growth when talking with others really matters. You shouldn't feel pressure to learn the way that you don't learn well. Find the, pl- the ways that you really learn well. It might be, you know, as I was just kind of saying, it's talking to others about podcasts that you're listening to. This was, I want to say the way that, that you and I kind of started, it was mostly sharing podcasts. Yep. And so we're dialoguing over this interview. We're dialoguing over the ideas. And that's just, that's how I learn. I, I'm an auditory learner. Right. And that was real helpful. And and you you should be doing step one 
in in your own way. Jeff is an auditory listen, uh, learner. I am not an auditory learner. My initial growth and and like the the work that I did to really start to know my type was in reading books, and and I I devoured several books very quickly, uh, including uh, Richard Rohr's uh, The Enneagram from a Christian Perspective and Hurley and Dobson's What's My Type and a few others. Uh, Road Back to You, I think, came pretty quickly. And I learned that stuff through my own reading. And then when I went to talk to Jeff about it, he had not read those books. So we needed to talk about things that we had shared, uh, which was podcasts. So we, we listened to the same podcast and we talked about that. Um, in in trying to get someone else into your Enneagram circle, <laughs> <ba-dum-tsh>. <laughs> uh, uh, the like l- l- learn about your type the way that you need to learn. And maybe branch out. Like if you're trying to get your partner to to learn about their own type, Maybe you need to help them, like, like suggest material for the way that they learn. So, uh, again, my she's going to love... She actually asked me to shout out for this. So she's going to love that we're talking about her all the time on, the, on this episode. Uh, my, my two co-worker is trying to get her partner to type himself, and he does not listen to podcasts at all. She is learning. Everything that she's learning right now is through podcasts. He does not care about podcasts. That is not something that they're going to be able to share. So it might be a good idea for her to find an intro book that he could read if he's, I don't know if he's a reader or not, but like they can read a book together or maybe they can find an event that they can go to together where he can sit and and absorb some of the material uh, there's there's a lot of different options out there, but the, when you are bringing someone else into this, you need to find something that you are doing together so that you have something together to talk about. Yeah. So again, the communion image, you need a magnet. Yep. And it, it can't just be the material. Sometimes it needs to be the how the material is presented. Mm-hmm. So I love comic book movies. I never read comic books. That's not that's not the way I engage the characters I enjoy. I prefer film. And that's that that's that's an important distinction, like yep. how how we come to this. A second way of getting into this material with others that we found hugely beneficial and can be very difficult to pull off is groups. Yeah. You kind one you need a, a handful of folks and two I suppose you need material that you can come around. So we meet every Sunday morning with with a crew of anywhere from 8 to 20. And obviously we're coming to the table with things that we want to talk about and handing out sheets and what do you guys think about this. Um, book clubs are fantastic, I suppose, mm-hmm. for doing this. If, if or um, I'd, I'd like Bible studies or any other... Uh, like we go out to drink beers on on Thursdays, but there's something that we're talking about. Those sorts of crews can be. I have found some of the, the some of my best experiences are in those spaces because you really get the hearts of people talking about perhaps a topic on the table and getting to learn enneagram from other people's perspective who you care about. Yep, and and when you get a group together, 
there are several people in that group who love to talk about themselves. So <laughs> you got, you have to, there is an art of the group that, yeah. uh, if you don't know how to lead a book study, find a friend who's yeah. really good at that sort of thing. <laughs> it's tricky. And, and type plays a role there too. Like if, if you, if all of your friends are fives, it's not going to be a conversation about the Enneagram. If it, you were, you're barely going to be a conversation. If you were two years in or year into doing Enneagram stuff and you were starting a book club or you were already involved in a book club and you just get to pick one book to, to do with your eight pals. Just one? Just one. I don't know, man, because that's... I, I don't like picking because I don't want to pick the thing that everyone doesn't want. I'll merge. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think Suzanne's first solo book would be a really good, like first step there. It's called "The Path Between Us" uh, by Suzanne Sabile, and it's 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 about being in community with the Enneagram. Of all things, I got my shelf behind me. There's 40 texts there. That it's not my favorite book. It probably might not make the top 10, but I think that's the book I would pick too. True. I, th- I think that that probably would be the best book to do a book study on. Would be "The Path Between Us." Yeah. Because several of my favorites are more textbooky, and a bunch of people are yeah. just not going to read that. Yeah, I think it's it's it may be the relational dynamic as well. I know that this has been the thing that I've really enjoyed most in my own journey um, is just talking about the overlap of how numbers relate to one another, and she does a great job of introducing that. Yeah. So you want to know how to relate to your kids if they are if they are able to type themselves, your partner, your friends, eh, just that can be super valuable. But in a group, you're talking about, you know, even, even when you have some surface level relationships, some of the interactions all of a sudden have some color. My in- engagement with the eight as we walked in and our conversation about the coffee, all of a sudden becomes the conversation point. You know, right. you did this, I did this, this is why. Right. Very valuable way to learn. Last thing, a uh, place that you might uh, connect with others is through online gatherings. And we can only do our local group and our local conversations. But one of the things that TJ and I are starting is doing online gatherings that are linked at our website, which is aroundthecircle.org. If you just hit events or if you hit um, Patreon, you'll go to see all the stuff that we're doing. But that's going to be a place where we're trying to get people together, especially getting to talk to other people who have your type about your type. That can be a place that you can really do that. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to get a room full of nines. Right. But on the interweb, you can. Right. It's way easier to just get on the internet than to actually go somewhere. Presently, I suppose we've done it at conferences, but that's th- those are kind of one-off. It may be difficult to to develop some rhythm and momentum there. Right. When we do events, we'll break up people for lunch into their tables with with people of the same type and have them answer questions just to get the rhythm. But what we're hoping to do is something that's very regular, where around 100 people come together. We break up into rooms of about 10, and you. You know, there's 10 threes and there's 10 sixes and and you get to talk about the topic on the table and how you're processing that in your type. And that that can be very, very valuable. Right. And uh, options for things that that aren't us, if you don't like us for some reason, uh, (laughs) I 
I, I'm no, part sure. of a, an Enneagram group in uh, on Facebook. I have not looked at it or checked oh, my Facebook in months, so I have no idea how, how that group's going, but... It was really valuable for me when I was first learning because, like, you can ask a question, say, as, like, this is how I interpret this thing. Uh, Does I I identify with nine? How does everyone else think? What does everyone else think about that? And, like, there's a lot of stuff on Facebook. There's there's other, I'm sure there's chat rooms, and I I know it, uh, Enneagram is all over Reddit. there's there's a a lot of stuff online that's available to you if you're looking for it. Yeah, that's a good call. I suppose hashtag Enneagram five, Enneagram six. These can always pull up stuff. Right. I suppose the problem with that, as with all online relationships, is they're very surface level, and you're not right. going to have much depth there. Right. But if if you need to dip your toe in before you like dive in head first, that's a great way to dip your toe in. Exactly right. At some point, I would love to do a book study on our podcast of that sort, like just going through one of our favorite books and here's chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, where are your thoughts mm-hmm. and just maybe creating a foundation for a conversation in that spot. That's been in the back of my mind for a long time. I suppose that's what I got. You got anything else in terms of talking with other people about Enneagram? Enneagram is individual work that has to be done in community. You'll be working on, hopefully you'll be working on yourself for the rest of your life and getting other people involved is necessary and immensely valuable. And, and I know that there are some people who are listening to this that are thinking I have, I don't know how to get other people involved. And, and sometimes the first step is try. And, and sometimes it's, I, it's not going to be valuable to you to, try to incorporate this into a toxic relationship. But but there are there are resources. There there are lots of therapists out there who are who have Enneagram knowledge and wisdom and, and incorporate it into their work. There's there's groups online. There's if you look for it, there's probably small meeting groups and there's conferences and there's all kinds of things. And it it might be really difficult for you to incorporate this into really into some of your really close relationships because I'm maybe your close relationships need work before you can even get to this point. And I understand that there, I have friends and and family members that, and, and not to mention the, the stigma that comes with the Enneagram for a lot of people. Like I have family members that like, we don't talk about it because they think it's evil and I'm just not interested in having that fight and that's fine, but you have to find somebody you have to find at least one other person that you can talk about this with because you're you're going to hit the end of what you can do on your own. That's a great word. That was my experience. I know that I've shared this a long, long time ago, but when I got an Enneagram, it was in 2015. Um, I had just had, uh, uh, I was trying to to build something very valuable to me that fell apart and just stumbled across a podcast and I really connected to the material, not knowing everything else I really cared about was going to fall apart the next, uh, that next year, mm. uh, lost my income, lost a job. A lot of my friends, uh, the relationships I had broke apart, uh, lost, um, a parent, 
uh, I lost three parents actually in the last five years, and just the, this uh, that season, this season, <laughs> and then COVID. It, it, yeah, this whole season has just been a big fat seven year train wreck for me. One of the few treasures that I have is my relationship with TJ, and a lot of you get a chance to see that, hear that be a part of stuff that that I experience as a treasure getting to talk to him about this sort of stuff and obviously we are doing exploration uh, not only for the sake of the podcast but for the sake of ourselves in terms of the work we do here I don't know where I'd be without that so it's it's unfortunately it's grace to find somebody who can communicate with you about these things where you're at where they're at but if you can find it man that's a treasure agreed also, since I don't think we've said it yet, um, you can't use the Enneagram to manipulate other people. You cannot use the Enneagram to control other people's behavior. Or so, you shouldn't. Well, <laughs> it it will go badly. <laughs> you certainly can. Actually, the worst people will probably find a lot of fruit doing that. <laughs> and that makes you a bad person. It will go badly, and you'll be a bad person. So don't. Just, just like, if, if you're... If the reason that you want to tell your sister about the Enneagram is because you want her to stop being a certain way and, and because you, you want to use your new knowledge of the Enneagram to, to change her behavior, it's going to go badly. Just, just give that up right now. Yep. It's for growth and re- relational growth isn't about correcting other people. It's certainly not about fixing other people. Yep as your primary way as I know what it's like to want to fix other people in front of me. <laughs> believe me, this is not how relationships ought to work. Uh, unless that's your, your role in their life as a doctor or as a pastor or something like that. Right. But you have Therapist. to be invited into that space. Yes, that's exactly right. You have to be invited and in, because that's a power position that you're seeking to, to, to be in. Exactly right. So just to reemphasize, we have regular online gatherings that are going to start in June 2022. Uh, you can find those at aroundthecircle.org. Very easy to find us. We'll have information there. If you are down the timeline from June, just still go to that site. I bet you we have uh, new and improved ways to connect with others on this front. I suppose we, we don't really have much else to, to state here, but one thing that might be a place of connection is simply sharing these first two episodes with somebody that you love. Um, somebody who's already into Enneagram, wants to go a little further. This might be a great place to, to begin conversing about all the topics. We talked last time about type and stance and underlying feeling and coping styles and stress and security. All of these are topics that are just worth talking about saying, this is how I do this. How do you do this? How do you experience this? And really getting to hear from people that you love, how they come to the world. And of course, you need to give us some stars. These are, these are the three things. <laughs> Share the podcast, stars. We have a website. Yep. You got anything else? Dude, those are the things. <laughs> I got nothing, man. You <laughs> say, <laughs> gee, well... Well, I don't know what that was that just came out. You have a new name, whatever that was. He is the TJ Wilson. He's officially awesome. I'm Jeff Cook. And who you aren't isn't interesting. <laughs> <laughs>